0: Good evening. If you want to go ahead and be turning into your in your Bible to 1 Kings chapter one, just a, a couple of passages to set our Old Testament context. In Matthew 5 verses 17 and 18, Jesus made this statement. He said, "Think not that I'm come to destroy the law, or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill." For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle, in other words, the smallest parts of the law, we might say, dotting of the I, crossing the T, one jot, one tittle, shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. In Luke 24, verse 44, and he said unto them, This is after Jesus was, was crucified going to ascend into heaven, he said, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So Jesus, in that other passage we looked at, said he came to fulfill the law. He says here in Luke 24 that all things must be fulfilled that were written in the law of Moses and the Psalms and the prophets. Heaven and earth would not pass till, or, till heaven and earth pass. One jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. So he came to fulfill it. He fulfilled it and then it passed. The, even the smallest parts of the law passed. We're no longer under the Old Testament law. It was good to the last drop. We might say it served its purpose, but it's gone. The law has passed. By way of review, I wanted to make a, a comment. I really appreciated David's handling of the, you might say, the alleged discrepancies that were in the text of my previous lesson. Not his lesson, but in my previous lesson. I really appreciate the way he handled those discrepancies. I personally need to go over, uh, look over some of the, uh, those discrepancies regarding the counts as Joab went through the land of, of Israel and Judah and counted the people, look at those discrepancies myself to uh, get them straight in my mind. But I do want to call your attention to the method that he used as he discussed those discrepancies. And that is, David looked at the text. He sought to harmonize the record. He sought to harmonize it, in other words, to reconcile those passages. Like in you look in First Second uh, Samuel twenty-four verse one and First Chronicles twenty-one verse one and. And how that? Uh, well, I'm sorry. That's a, that's another point I wanted to look at. But the, the counts, the 1,100 men that that Joab counted in one passage, the 800, uh, 1,100,000 men, and the 800,000 men in the other passage. But David looked at the text, sought to bring them into into harmony, into one accord. And the way that he did that was he looked at other passages in the Word of God for clarification so that he could harmonize those difficult passages so again i appreciate i really appreciate david's method of handling those harder portions of scripture and then we looked at as i mentioned second samuel 24 verse 1 and the phrase where it said that god moved david to number the people or he moved david it's actually it says in the context it looks like it's referring to god and then in first chronicles 21 verse 1 the phrase satan provoked David to number of the people and so looking at those those two passages God moved David or he moved David or and, and Satan provoked David Caleb in that uh, in that discussion Caleb George made a comment that I, I didn't catch initially the point he was making but then later after class it hit me and I realized that he was just basically noting that God used means to influence David to number of the people in other words God you know did not as we see in James chapter 1 God does not tempt anyone with sin but God does use means in order to accomplish his will in this in this work on this earth we looked at the example of job and how that it said job or I'm sorry in the book of Job God was talking with Satan and God said that you moved me against job and maybe in this, we might say even Satan used means to move God against job by Maybe taunting God, taunting Job. You know, does Job serve God for naught? You know, you've built a hedge about him. Of course he's serving you. you built a hedge around him. And so God allowed Satan to touch Job. So Satan even used, you might, we might say, moved God by means. And then we looked at Pharaoh and how that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, it says in one place, or, or Pharaoh hardened his heart. We looked at those passages and how that God we could say that God used means to harden Pharaoh's heart. He didn't force him to sin. He didn't uh, cause and tempt him to sin, but he, God used means by possibly by lifting the plagues in Egypt just at the right time, and Pharaoh saw, saw respite in the plague and went back to his old ways. But so again, remember James chapter one, that God does not directly tempt anyone to sin but also by way of review in 2 Samuel 21 verse 22. As Israel battled the Philistines in the text that, that David was studying with us last week, last time. As Israel battled the Philistines what prominent man's four sons died in battle? Do Remember? Goliath. Goliath's four sons died in battle at the hands of David and at the hands of of his men, in Second Samuel twenty-three, verses fifteen to seventeen, what did David long to drink, and what did he do when he got it? Okay, the, the he wanted a drink uh, from the well of Bethlehem. What did he do when he got it? Poured it out to God. You know, this is the blood of the men that that risked their lives, and so he poured it out to God. First Chronicles twenty-eight. Verses one through ten, who chose Solomon to be king after David? God did. Let's look at that passage in uh, First Chronicles chapter twenty-eight, the first ten verses. And David assembled all the princes of Israel, the princes of the tribes, and the captains and the companies that ministered to the king by course, and the captains over the thousands, and captains over the hundreds, and stewards over all the substance and possession of the king and of his sons and the officers with a mighty man and with all the valiant men unto Jerusalem. Then David the king stood up upon his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. As for me, I had in my heart to build an house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of of our God and had made ready for the building. But God said unto me, Thou shalt not build a house for my name, because thou hast been a man of war and hast shed blood. Howbeit the Lord God of Israel chose me before all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever. For he hath chosen Judah to be the ruler and of the house of Judah the house of my father and among the sons of my father he liked me to make him me king over all Israel. And of all my sons, for the Lord hath given me many sons. Of all my sons, for the Lord hath given me many sons, he hath chosen Solomon. So God chose Solomon, my son, to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel and he said unto me, Solomon thy son shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever, if he be constant to do my commandments and my judgments, as at this day. Now, therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the congregation of the Lord, and in the audience of our God, keep and seek for all the commandments of the Lord your God, that he may possess the good land, and leave it for an inheritance for your children after you forever. And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build an house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. So God chose Solomon to be king after him. We want to think about that. That's, that's key in our lesson in regard to Adonijah and his, his coup. In 1 Chronicles 28, verses 11 to 21, it says, By the Spirit in that text, what was it that David gave to Solomon concerning the house of the Lord? We didn't go over this, but I, I'm just, this section of Scripture we looked at, but I, I thought it interesting, this, this, uh, this idea that is referenced in this chapter, by the Spirit, what was it that David gave to Solomon? What did David give Solomon concerning the house of the Lord? Right, right. So, so David, he. Uh, let's, let's see, in verse, let's see, verse eleven. Then David gave to Solomon his son the pattern of the porch and of the houses thereof, and the the treasuries thereof, and of the upper chambers thereof, and of the inner parlors thereof, and of the palace of the mercy seat. So he just goes through and lists all of the things that, that, that David was here in some other passages. All of the things that David was doing for his son. Even though he, could, he wasn't going to be able to build it himself, he was preparing for it, and he gave his son Solomon the pattern for the Lord's house. And also in verse 19, all this, said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by His hand upon me even all the works of this pattern. Okay. Any comments or questions on, on the review and up to this point? Okay. In our text in First Kings chapter 1. In First Kings chapter 1, King David was old and cold and a young damsel was sought to cherish the king, to warm him, to help him. They found Abishag, a Shunammite, to minister to the king. If you were to look at a map, I didn't put the map on here, but it, I, I, it looks like Shunamm is a city southwest of the Sea of Galilee, uh, just east of Megiddo. So they found this, this young lady, Abishag, to, to warm the king, to minister to the king. 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 1. Now King David was old and stricken in years, and they covered him with clothes, but he got no heat. Therefore his servants said unto him, Let there be salt for my lord the king, a young virgin. Let her stand before the king. Let her cherish him. Let her lie in thy bosom, that my lord the king may get heat. So they sought for a fair damsel throughout all the coast of Israel, found Abishag, a Shunammite, and brought her to the king. And the damsel was very fair and cherished the king and ministered to him, but the king knew her not. In other words, the king in, in a, not in a sexual way he, he he did not know her in that way David was approaching approaching 70 if not already 70 at this point in second Samuel chapter 5 just a, a point in regard to his age in second Samuel chapter 5 and verses four and five it says and David was 30 years old when he began to reign and he reigned 40 years and we'll see that also. In chapter two, Second Kings chapter two, that David leads our study in uh, next time. First Kings chapter two, verses eleven mentions him reign again reigning for forty years. But in in Hebron he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, and in Jerusalem he reigned thirty and three years over all Israel and Judah. So he was, you know, I don't know exactly what he was at this point, but in chapter two, when David died, he he reigned. Having, it was having reigned 40 years. Later on when Adonijah asked for Abishag, again this is again in chapter 2 that David in David's study next time. But later on when Adonijah, David's son, asked for Abishag, this, this young woman, or asked his mom to ask David or ask Solomon for the young girl, Solomon considered it a great trespass and uh, in some way, in connection to the throne, and here's the statement that he made in 1 Kings chapter 2, in verse 22. Skipping ahead a little bit, King Solomon answered answered his, answered Bathsheba, and said unto his mother, And why dost thou ask? And why dost thou uh, ask ask for Abishag the Shunammite? Ask for him the kingdom also, for he's my older brother, for him and for Abiathar the priest, and for Joab the son of Zeruiah. You're going to take an inch. You just go ahead and ask for the mile. You know what are you? Why are you asking for this young lady? So he, so Solomon considered it a great trespass uh, in connection with the throne. Any comments or questions on this part of the lesson? Okay. In verse five, in this next section, Adonijah attempts to usurp the throne. He presumes to be king. Even Joab and Abiathar the priest aligns with him. Nathan the prophet, David's mighty man, and Solomon were not with Adonijah. And they were not invited to Adonijah's coronation banquet, we might say. But in 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 5. Then Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I'll be king. And he prepared him chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him. And his father had not displeased him at any time and saying, Why hast thou done so? What are you doing, son? His father hadn't displeased him at any time. And he was also a very goodly man. His mother buried him after Absalom. Reminds you of Absalom. And he conferred with Joab, the son of Zeruiah, and with Abiathar the priest, and they following Adonijah helped him. But Zadok the priest, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and Nathan the prophet, and Shimei, and Rehi, and the mighty men which belonged to David, were not with Adonijah. And Adonijah slew sheep and oxen and fat cattle by the stone of Zoelith, which is by Enrogel, and called all the brethren of the king's sons and all the men of Judah the king's servants. But Nathan the prophet, Benaiah, and the mighty men, and Solomon his brother, he called not. In verse, back in verse 6. It uh, does not look like Adonai, that David displeased Adonijah at any point. Never. It doesn't look like he remand, reprimanded him for the things that he would do as he was growing up. Maybe he thought that he could just do anything. He mentions here uh, in the list of people that were not invited, that Adonijah did not invite to this feast, was Benaiah. Benaiah, uh, there's a passage back in 2 Samuel 20, in verse twenty-three, I wanted to look at Second Samuel twenty, verse twenty-three. Beniah was a leader over the Carathites and the Pelathites. In verse twenty-three, now Joab was over all the host of Israel, and Beniah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Carathites and over the Pelethites. I do not know uh, details about the, these groups of people. Maybe they were considered David's guard in some way. There are, uh, there are ideas and we, we will see uh, Beniah again through this study. But maybe, I just don't know. I, I see reports in studying conjecture that maybe these were in some way some type of foreigners, but I just don't know. Uh, there's more details I could say about that, but because I don't know, I just won't go any further on that. But maybe if you have comments as we go along, you can uh, make uh, you can make those uh, tell me about more about your thoughts on Beniah and the Carthites and the Pelethites. But here, uh, and we'll reference them again in, in just a, a bit. But in First Chronicles chapter three, and I have a uh, just a list of David's wives here on the screen. Uh, eight wives, and then there are other. There are other concubines, at least 10 other concubines that David had with other children. And I have a list of the different sons of, of these women, David's wives. Adonijah was the fourth, uh, the fourth uh, of the fourth woman, Haggith, as we, we read. Solomon of Bathsheba. But in First Chronicles chapter 3, read a few verses about that. First Chronicles chapter 3. Now these were the sons of David, which were born unto him in Hebron: the firstborn Ammon, and of Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess; the second Daniel of Abigail the Carmelitess; the third Absalom the son of Maacah, the daughter of Talmai the king of Geshur; the fourth Adonijah the son of Haggith; the fifth Shephatiah of Abital, Abital; the sixth Ithream by Eglah his wife. These six were born unto him in Hebron, and there he reigned seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem he reigned thirty and three years. And these were born unto him in Jerusalem. Shimea and Shobab and Nathan and Solomon. Four of Bathsheba, the daughter of Amal. Ibhar also and Elshema and Eliphate and Noga and Nephig and Japheth. Japhia and Elashima and Elada and El- Eliphalet, nine. These were all the sons of David besides the sons of the concubines. And Tamar, their sister. You have any comments on uh, Adonijah at this to this point in the story? Yes. right. Yeah, maybe maybe the combination of those things were were in his mind, you know, he he's the eldest above Solomon don't know about the uh, the one right before him. I'm not sure that there's anything mentioned in the text. I can't remember his name right off. Uh, Kiliad or Daniel uh, of Abigail. But, uh, so he was possibly next in line. And so, and he may have been used to getting what he wanted. So he, he had a, uh, his courage was bolstered maybe by some of those things. But as we saw, uh, God chose Solomon. And, uh, Of course, it was known and obvious, like Solomon said, you know, in in regard to Abishag, uh, you know, he's my older brother, so it was obvious, you know, what he was, what Adonijah was as far as his age. But again, it was God's choice. Okay, in 1 Kings 1, beginning verse 11, Nathan informed Bathsheba of Adonijah's coup. He instructed her to inform the king. Uh, So Bathsheba, go to the king, talk to him, confirm Solomon to be David's successor. So Bathsheba approaches David to let him know about Adonijah and what he's doing and how that he, he uh, uh, was usurping the, uh, the, the, uh, the throne. and she reminded David of the promise that he had made to her that her son Solomon would reign. Then Nathan, Nathan is going to approach David you know back to back Bathsheba's going to go in and Nathan's going to go in and confirm her words. He approaches David and asks, Asked David if if he knew what was going on, that that Adonijah was going to reign and just hadn't told everyone about it. So then David calls for Bathsheba and and, uh, vows just as he had vowed to her before that Solomon would reign. So in verse 11, Wherefore Nathan spake unto Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Hast thou not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, doth reign? and that David our Lord knoweth it not? Now therefore come, let me, I pray thee, give thee counsel, that thou mayest save thine own life and the life of thy son Solomon. Go and get thee unto David and say to him, didst thou not know, my Lord? Dist thou not, my Lord, O king, swear unto thy handmaid, saying, Assuredly, Solomon, thy son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne. Why then doth Adonijah reign? Behold, while you, you you're yet talking with the king, I also will come in after thee and confirm thy word. And Bathsheba went in unto the king, into the chamber, and the king was very old, and Abishag the Shunammite ministered unto the king. And Bathsheba bowed and did obeisance unto the king, and the king said, What wouldest thou? And now behold, Adonai, and she said unto him, My lord, thou swearest by the Lord thy God unto thy handmaid, saying, Assuredly, Solomon thy son shall reign after me. And he shall sit upon my throne. And now behold, Adonijah reigneth. And now, my lord, my king, the king, thou knowest it not. And he hath slain oxen and fat cattle and sheep in abundance, and hath called all the sons of the king, and Abiathar the priest, and Joab the captain of the host. But Solomon, must thy servant hath he not called? And thou, my lord, O king. And now, my lord, and thou, my lord, O king. The eyes of all Israel are upon thee, that thou shouldest tell them. Who shall sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? Otherwise it shall come to pass that when my lord the king shall sleep with his fathers, that I and my son Solomon shall be counted offenders. And lo, while she yet talked to the king, Nathan the prophet also came in. And they told the king, saying, Behold, Nathan the prophet. And when he was come in before the king, he bowed himself before the king with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, My lord, O king, hast thou said Hast thou said, Adonijah shall reign after me? And he shall sit on my throne? Have you said that, David? Well, that's what's going on. But For he has gone down this day, and hath slain oxen, and fat cattle, and sheep in abundance, and hath called all the king's sons, and the captains of the host, and Abiathar the priest. And behold, they eat and drink before him, and say, God save king Adonijah. But me, even thy servant, and Zadok the priest, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, And thy servant Solomon hath he not called? Is this thing done by my lord the king? And hast thou not showed it unto thy servant? Who should sit on the throne of of my lord the king after him? Then king David answered and said, Call me Bathsheba. And she came in unto the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king swore and said, As the lord liveth, that hath redeemed my soul out of all distress, even as I swear unto thee by the lord God of Israel, saying, Surely Solomon, thy son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne in my stead. Even so will I certainly do this day. Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the earth and did reverence to the king and said, My lord, the king David, live forever. So uh, here uh, they, uh, Bathsheba and Nathan the prophet come into the king, inform him of what's going on, and he swears, even this day your son Solomon will reign. In 1 Chronicles chapter 22, look over there to that chapter with me. In 1 Chronicles chapter 22, again, we had mentioned this earlier, but it lists all of the things that David had been doing for his son Solomon. In chapter 22 and verse 5, it mentions all of the preparation that King David was doing for his son. It says at the end of that verse 5, So David prepared abundantly before his death. He was gathering materials for Solomon for the for the uh, for the for the house of the Lord. And then in verse 14, he gives charge to us. So he's preparing. Then he gives charge to his son. Verse 14. Now, behold, in my trouble, I have prepared for the house of the Lord. A hundred thousand talents of gold and a thousand thousand talents of silver and of brass and iron without weight, for it is in abundance. Timber also and stone have I prepared, and thou mayest add thereto. Moreover, there are workmen with thee in abundance, hewers and workers of stone and timber, and all manner of cunning men for every manner of work, of the gold and silver and brass and iron. There is no number. Arise, therefore, and be doing, and the Lord be with thee. So he says, here's all of the things I've done for you, Solomon. Arise and get to work. And then verse 17, David also commanded all the princes of Israel to help Solomon, his son. So here's all of the things that David there did. There is Solomon. no number. And then arise in chapter 29, be doing, and the Lord be with Israel to help Solomon and his son. Turn over to chapter 29. So here's all, all of the things that David did. First chronicles no 29, the first couple of verses, and the Lord be with Israel. again, help noting his son, the fact that God had so chosen Solomon so all of the things that David did. No chapter 29, verse 1. Furthermore, David the king said unto all congregation, Solomon my son, whom alone God hath chosen. Is yet young and, and the work is great. Therefore, the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God: the gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver for things of silver, and the brass for things of brass, and iron for things of iron, and wood for the things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, glistering stones, and divers colors, and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Again, all of the things that David did for Solomon his son making preparation for to hand it over to Solomon, for Solomon to do these things that God had chosen him to do. And then in verse 20, And David said to all the congregation, Now bless the Lord your God. And all the congregation blessed the Lord God of their fathers and bowed down their heads and worshipped the Lord and the king. And they sacrificed sacrifices unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings unto the Lord. On the morrow after that day, even a thousand bullocks, a thousand rams, and a thousand lambs, and a drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel, and did eat and drink before the Lord on that day with great gladness. And they made Solomon the son of David king the second time, and we'll come back to that in a moment. And anointed him unto the Lord to be the chief governor, and Zadok to be priest. Then Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king instead of his father David, his father, and prospered. And all Israel obeyed him. And all the princes, and all the mighty men, and all the sons, likewise, of King David, submitted themselves unto Solomon the king. And the Lord magnified Solomon exceedingly in the sight of all Israel, and bestowed upon him such royal majesty as as had not been on any king before him in Israel. So again, Nathan and Bathsheba came came to King David. King David reaffirms to... To Bathsheba and to to them that yes Solomon will reign even this day. Any comments or questions up to this point? Good point. He could uh, yeah. So uh, so uh, you're saying that uh, David was setting Solomon up to win. I like that. Right. Where is that again? Right. and he's and he's charging him, isn't he, to to serve the Lord? But he's also uh, wishing wisdom upon him. There, there in First Chronicles twenty two, verse twelve, that you mentioned, the Lord give thee wisdom and understanding. All right, so David, you know, he could not build the house of the Lord, but he was doing all he could, just short of it, wasn't he? And helping his son. Yeah, that is a great lesson. Reminds me of a. And I didn't prepare to, to, to mention it, so I can't, uh, probably can't mention it, but can't say it all. But uh, remember A.J. Rawlings and, uh, and uh, his story of the bridge builder. You know, There's this uh, a poem, I believe it was, or a, say, a poem, I guess it was, about the bridge builder, who, uh, about the, the man who was building a bridge to help the one coming after him. But, but again, David, as you, as you noted, was doing uh, all of these things to help his son. In the next section... Solomon is anointed king. So David said, he shall be king. And he now he is anointed king. David called for Nathan the prophet. Zadok the priest had them take Solomon to Gihon. Anoint him king in David's place because he was appointing him to be king. Zadok took the horn of oil. Anointed Solomon king. And all the people shouted, Long live King Solomon. And as the people followed Solomon, their rejoicing and music shook the earth. In verse 32. And King David said, "Call me Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada." And they came before the king. And the king said also to them, "Take with you the servants of your lord, and call Solomon my son to ride upon mine own mule, and bring him down to Gihon." So here was, uh, you know, and, and some of these things I'm not for certain about, and uh, we may run out of. Let me check my time. Maybe we'll have time to get to to more of those details. But so the the king. Uh, told him to put him on the mule ride upon my mule bring him down to Gihon and Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him there king over Israel and blow you the trumpet and say God save king Solomon you'll come up, up after him that he may come and sit up on my throne for he shall be king in my stead and I have appointed him to be ruler I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah notice that that the way that David says that in verse 35 I have appointed him be ruler over Israel. And Benaiah the son of Jehoiada answered the king and said, Amen. And the Lord God of my king also say so too, as the Lord hath been with my lord the king, even so he be with Solomon. And make his throne greater than the throne of my lord King David. So Zadak the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Carathites and the Pelathites went down and caused Solomon to ride upon King David's mule and brought him to Gihon. And Zadok the priest took a horn of oil out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. And they blew the trumpet. And all the people said, God save King Solomon. And all the people came up after him. And the people piped with pipes and rejoiced with a great joy so that the earth rent with the sound of them. And Adonijah, well, we'll stop there for now. So several things that I, I, I don't necessarily know all the details about. But you know, set King Solomon on my mule. I think of a passage in Zechariah nine, verse nine. In Zechariah nine, verse nine, I believe it's a. Uh, I take it to be a from Luke's account, a prophecy of Jesus as, as Jesus is entering Jerusalem, on on the mule on the donkey, and and I thought I had that uh, that passage written down, but I uh, won't take the time to run over there at this point. but So here's Jesus entering Jerusalem on the mule, possibly indicating humility and salvation. Maybe that's the same type of thing here. You know, Not entering in on a war horse, so to speak, but on a mule. Humility and salvation, he's, he's going to be king. The location, you know, take Solomon down to Gihon. There's a spring of water, as I understand it, outside the city, the spring of Gihon. Anoint him there. Karathites and the Pelethites we've mentioned, but possibly some type of independent guard led by this man, Benaiah. And some have uh, conjectured some different things about these men, but I could not identify a passage about the origin of these men. But they were with David a number of times as he was leaving the city of Jerusalem uh, at the rebellion of Absalom in 2 Samuel 15, verse 18, at the pursuit, in pursuit of Sheba, the other man who rebelled, in 2 Samuel 20, verse 7, in pursuit now, of Sheba, there with David. But, uh, of course, as we saw, the in text of, of Sheba. 2 Samuel 20 does indicate that they were separate from Joab. In pursuit of Sheba. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 22 in notes in anointing Sheba. Solomon, making him king a second time. In in and I'm not sure about the timing between the first and second coronation. You know, Could it have been, and, and I welcome your comments in that, that regard, you know here's this as we saw in first chronicles chapter uh 29 verse 22 they anointed him or made him king the second time you know could it have been the the first time uh was in verse 35 first kings chapter 1 verse 35 when when david just verbally said i appoint him or i'm i'm making him king and then in verse 39 you know with this the 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 anointing with the 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 uh, the high priest or could it be that uh, in first Kings chapter 1 verse 39 all of the, the things that were going on with him set on the mule and the people shouting could that be parallel uh, or, or could that be uh, one time and then there'll be another uh, time there in first chronicles 29 that's uh that those two passages are a different point in time I'm not sure I couldn't myself fully identify the timing between the first and the second uh, anointing or making him king but any comments that you have would be welcome in the last part of the chapter in 1st Kings chapter 1 verses 41 to 53 as they finish eating as, as Adonijah and his, his crowd were finishing eating Joab heard the noise of the celebration asked what, it, what, what was going on as he as he was speaking, Jonathan the son of Abiathar came in to um, to inform them these things, in verse forty three. The, um, verse the son of Abiathar Zadoth came to inform, him, to inform them these things, verse 44 and forty five. Zadok and Nathan anointed them these things, verse forty five. King verse forty five. They heard the the sound that they heard was the city rejoicing, in verse forty six. Solomon took his seat on the throne, verse forty seven. The king's servants blessed Solomon, verse forty eight. David blessed Solomon. And uh, you can just imagine when all of the crowd heard this, they, they just, we might say, slunk away, <laughs> got out of there, went home, got, a, got away from what was going on. And Adonijah ran, took hold of the horns of the altar. And I, I take that as just a major plea of mercy that Solomon would save his life. In, uh, let's see, in chapter 1 and verse 51. He was told Solomon, saying, Behold, Adonijah feareth King Solomon, for lo he hath caught hold on the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear unto me this day that he will not slay his servant with a sword. So just a major display of a plea for mercy. Any comments or questions? Okay, in next class, David will lead us in 1 Kings chapter 2. Thank you for your comments and observations and help.